Hello and welcome to See What We See with Lauren and Martin. My name is Lauren Cashin. I'm the Executive Director of the Ontario Opticians Association and I'm here with my co-host Martin LeBeau, Deputy Executive Director of the Ontario Opticians Association. As we have explored earlier this month, the link between the brain and eyes is a strong relationship. Both your brain and your eyes need to be functioning at a high level in order to improve your ability to live normally day to day. For today's episode, we're happy to be joined by Judy Guerrero, the Program Director of Acquired Brain Injury at the Ontario Neurotrauma Foundation. According to the ONF website, and I'll quote, as Program Director for Acquired Brain Injury, Judy is focused on harnessing the depth of research and clinical knowledge in order to bring it into routine practice to improve care for persons following a brain injury. She has worked in a neurotrauma field particularly brain injury, in clinical research and evaluation roles for many years. So I'd like to welcome Judy to the podcast. Judy, welcome to the podcast. We're so happy to have you here today. Thank you, Lauren and Martin. Thank you very much for having me to, uh, speak today. Um, I'm the program director of the ABI program, as uh, Lauren said, at, at um, the ONF. Ontario Neurotrauma Foundation. We're a not-for-profit, publicly funded organization that has three streams of activity, acquired brain injury, spinal cord injury, and prevention. And so in the brain injury program, what we do is we fund applied research. We develop clinical best practice guidelines and standards. We also fund implementation work for those standards. And we have a somewhat nascent uh, Brain Injury Speaks network, which is comprised of persons with lived experience with acquired brain injury. So that's just a highlight on some of what we do. And I've been the program director for, mm, I guess, a little over um, a year now, about a year and a half. Uh, and I came to the Ontario Neurotrauma Foundation having had uh, some clinical background. My training is in psychology. And I worked for many years as a, a researcher and then came to the Ontario Neurotrauma Foundation to do implementation work. And now I'm the program director. So that's a little bit about me. Great, thank you. Thank you for telling us about yourself. So I'm gonna jump right into our questions. So the first question we have for you, as opticians, we're obviously in the eye care part of healthcare. So what's the, uh, with the work you guys do, um, how does it relate to vision care and vision care groups? Sure. Well, vision disruption is not uncommon um, after a brain injury of all different severities. Um, brain injury is not uncommon after brain injury of any severity, whether it be from mild, where we think concussion, all the way up to quite a severe brain injury. And it's important to consider the possibility of vision dysfunction. And so not surprisingly, the injury could be to the eye itself, but also to the vision centers in the brain. And uh, so, you know, quite, there are quite a few conditions, retinal detachment, vitreous hemorrhage, optic nerve damage. Um, there can be challenges with eye focusing, eye teaming, eye, eye movements, motion sensitivity, visual field loss, eye pain and headache, sensitivity to light, you know, and, and double vision, double vision being fairly common after concussion. So in all of this, because we know that it occurs, that when we do our um, evidence-based clinical practice guidelines, we do a robust literature search to pull from all areas that are relevant. And 
So if you were to go to our braininjuryguidelines.org website, we have three clinical practice guidelines there. Each of them have sections related to vision um, issues. Uh, so we have a moderate to severe TBI rehab guideline and section N is the relevant one. And it talks about some issues relating to the importance of screening uh, and assessment. And we have a little bit about treatment within that. Our adult concussion guidelines, uh, it's section 10. And then we have our pediatric concussion guidelines. So section B, chapter 10, and we have quite a few recommendations um, within that. And I think the thing, the thing to notice is probably being your field, you will notice that there's a lot of treatments potentially that you're aware of that are not listed as a recommendation. And you may wonder why. And that's because there may not be the published research evidence to support the use of those treatments specifically with folks after they've had a brain injury. So the ones that are highlighted are the ones where there is specific evidence to support their use. That's great, Judy. Thank you very much. Just, just for listeners, what does TBI stand for? So there's acquired brain injury and traumatic brain injury. Traumatic brain injury is where you have a brain injury from a traumatic source. So, you know, motor vehicle collision, uh, concussion, you know, related to sport would count. Any kind of fall or being struck would be an example of a traumatic brain injury. And acquired brain injury include brain injuries that might have come from a disease process. So encephalitis or meningitis or um, a brain tumor. Okay. Oh, thank you for the clarification on this. I mean, I, I guess us as opticians, we, we probably deal a little bit more with the TBI population, but you know, how can we better determine the potential benefits of vision services to that? This really is the challenge because of course, you guys are focusing on being great clinicians, working with your patients, and you're not really thinking about collecting data and running controlled research studies Absolutely. to show the effectiveness of what you're doing. And, and that is a bit of a challenge. I mean, what we do at ONF is we really have to look at the peer reviewed public literature and we follow fairly rigorous guidelines as to um, what gets included in, in our guidelines. And the challenge at the moment um, with the optical literature. And so far, um, a lot of it has been published in your own journals. There's not been so much published in, in um, brain injury journals, so it hasn't made the, the crossover. That doesn't mean we don't look at it. But there's a, a relatively recent um, meta-analysis from 2019. The gist of that meta-analysis is that the focus really to this point has been on prevalence of vision dysfunction after a brain injury, but it's not really looked at the efficacy of interventions. And so the challenge is that while there may be some studies, the brain injury population is very heterogeneous. And in order to study it, it's very important to really stratify your subpopulations within that, to have it very clearly defined so that you can say this intervention works for this type of person with a brain injury. And that makes it very challenging because obviously in your practice, you probably see a very, very heterogeneous group of patients. So it can be hard, hard to tease that out, you know, and to get the sample size that's big enough. So I think in my fantasy world, um, what would be great would be if a number of people could work together to collect clinical data and put that, put that together. What would you like to tell our audience, uh, the opticians, their patients, uh, 
for them to know more about ABI and how they can better support, I guess, the ONF? Well, I think probably the first thing, um, when I talk to non-brain injury providers, the first thing we talk about is the importance of doing a screen um, for the brain injury to understand a little bit about the type of brain injury that you're looking at. And, and I think one of the things when we're busy being clinicians that we do is sometimes we might not characterize our patients the way we would for a research study. <laughs> and, and I think it's probably important to, to characterize them a little bit to understand the mechanism of inner, um, injury and the severity and the impact of that injury. If people were more, had a more of a heightened awareness to, to actually document their patients that they're looking at with brain injury and document specifically what it is that they are doing as a treatment, you know, how, how you come to your diagnostic decision, your treatment decision about what to do and what that follow-up is. I think it's important to, to be cognizant of that. You know, as opticians, I, I think we've been working with these issues and not knowing it because of the prescriptions we see. You know, at some of our Con Ed events in the last couple of years, we've had some optometrists that uh, work with brain injuries and concussions and do a lot of therapy and write the prescriptions for us to fill. And then also collaborative health models are just becoming so big right now and opticians optometrists work so well together. So we've been, I think, into this without knowing it for, for quite a while. Um, something that I notice in, in reading about your organization and that is that you collaborate with lots lots of other organizations. You have a, a patient version of a guideline brochure. You have a patient family brochure. You know, this is great. And we'll, on our website and that, we will uh, put a lot of these links so that our listeners can uh, access some of the things you've been talking about. Not something else. Obviously, this is continually evolving and with your partnerships now. And I came across a Health Quality Ontario. So this looks like an ongoing thing. And I see something's coming out in 2020. Well, the original plan was that it was going to be out next month, but not surprisingly, we're a bit delayed. Yeah, yeah, so, um, so, yeah. it, it, so that's a concussion quality standard. And so we've been working with Ontario Health Quality on that. And we were just getting to the point of, of um, sort of bringing it home. We have the content sorted out, but we were just, you know, at the point of finishing it up so hopefully we'll be able to get back to that business in the fall and that it will actually be released in 2020. And that will be laying out some clear quality standards of concussion care um, across um, the care spectrum, as well as, as, as you say, focusing on collaborative care and having a proper initial diagnosis. And I think as much as it's easy for us to think that someone will always go to a hospital emergency to get diagnosis if they think they have a concussion. We know that that doesn't always happen. In fact, if somebody um, gets a hit in the head and have double vision, in theory, they might end up in, in it with an optician or uh, uh, their eye doctor um, instead. And so that that's another thing to be aware of is the importance of getting a proper medical assessment diagnosis of concussion and then, and then moving forward. And I think, as you, as you mentioned, you've already been in this field. Absolutely. You've already been working with folks with varying degrees of brain injuries all along. And it's just the question of now having that heightened awareness. And there are a couple of tricks of working with folks who have cognitive impairment that probably your listeners and yourselves are already well versed with. But 
what I do when I do some cross training for people who don't normally work in the brain injury sector is we talk about those specific things that might be helpful. So if you have a patient who's particularly belligerent, is a poor historian and has some communication challenges in describing what's going on with them, there's a bunch of reasons why that, that might be the case, but one of them might be that they have a brain injury or they have cognitive impairment. So again, it's important to make sure that we understand the root the root of the behavior. So there's some specific suggestions, um, you know, that can be provided for working with folks with cognitive impairment. That's great because, you know, as much as Martin and I have learned this past month being brain injury month, we found out that yes, being diagnosed is extremely important. So you start your treatment, whatever that is right away. And uh, you follow up with it because like you say, some people don't even know they have it. And maybe they think they'll sleep it off, but you yeah. have to seek out treatment and really find out and, and get your treatment going. I am positive that some of our listeners are going to go, yeah, I would love to get involved. How can they get involved real quick? So um, I think on the, on the research end of things, there, there's some suggestions around doing that. Um, I'd be happy to continue to talk you know, to, you know, to your organization to see what the opportunities um, might be for supporting some of that. On a clinical end of things, um, you know, certainly, uh, Lauren, you mentioned the patient resources that are on our braininjuryguidelines.org website and also our concussionsontario.org website. So I encourage you to direct patients there, yourselves as well. Um, and uh, this kind of cross-conversation is important. I really appreciate being asked to speak today during Brain Injury Awareness Month, and that's, that's fantastic. Um, you know, collaborative healthcare is where we're moving to, and I think it's really important. Absolutely. Fantastic. A lot of good information uh, for not only just Lauren and myself, but for all our, our listeners. Again, thank you very much, Judy. We really appreciate uh, you taking the time. So on behalf of uh, Lauren, myself, and our members, thank you very much and hope you stay safe. Same, same to you both. Yeah. Thank you for thank the invitation. You. This has been great. Thank you for listening to See What We See with Lauren and Martin. Be sure to follow us across our social media pages so you never miss an update or an episode. You can find us on Twitter at OOA underscore Frontline. On Facebook and LinkedIn, we are Ontario Opticians Association. Follow us on Instagram at Ontario Opticians Association. That's all one word. We look forward to seeing you again on See What We See with Warren and Martin. Take care and stay safe.